This morning, we would love to talk about living in resurrection life. And the, my sermon is based on Luke chapter 24, from verse 1 to verse 8. If you have your Bible, you can join in and read with us, or otherwise you can be able to follow on the text that will be on the screen. It reads as follows. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whilst they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you whilst he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day, be raised again. When they remembered this, when he said this rather, they remembered his words. As we commemorate the Good Friday and resurrection period this year, it seems like a shadow hangs over our country and the world. The COVID-19 pandemic, like the Spanish flu of 1918, continues to spread leaving devastation in its wake. Statistics show that more than a million people around the world have been infected, almost 1.7 million. And over 100,000 people have lost their lives around the world. This pandemic is affecting rich countries and developing countries alike. We see governments struggling to cope with rising infections. In South Africa, as of last night's updates, the number of the confirmed COVID-19 infections was 2,028 people. And the number of recoveries is 410, while the total number of people who have tragically lost their lives is 25. Our president announced the extension of the lockdown to the end of the month, and I know for some people, it really came as a great disappointment. However, we are aware that there are different measures that are being employed to try and slow down the rate of infections. We all need to cooperate because we need to stem out the spread of this virus. We need to stay at home. We need to wash our hands regularly. We need to practice social distancing. We need to avoid going into destructive modes like we've seen recently happen in some parts of our country. Yes, it's true that many people are anxious, anxious about many things, anxious about their health, the health of their children. Many are worried if they will be able to make ends meet during this time, if they'll have jobs to go back to. This anxiety is really affecting the poor and the rich alike the young and the old, business owners, politicians, religious leaders, health workers, 
informal traders, taxi owners, everybody is affected. See, the whole spectrum of our society, we are counting the cost and we are wondering how life will look like post-COVID-19 pandemic. Many people feel vulnerable, others feel frustrated, powerless, and many are afraid. But it's in the light of this that we need to reflect on the meaning and the symbolism of this religious period that we are in now. We remember at this time the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. The portion of the text that we have read this morning picks up on the happenings after Jesus was crucified, after he died and was buried. We read about the women in the persons of Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and some other unnamed women that we read about. These women went to the grave where Jesus had been buried on Sunday morning. These women had been impacted by the ministry of Christ. They knew his ministry like many others. When Jesus was with them, Jesus was everything to them. Jesus healed the sick, provided food for people who were desperate. Jesus changed the lives of people. And all of a sudden, this Jesus that they knew had been crucified, had died, and was buried. The woman called Mary, the mother of James, is likely to have been among the women who had followed the ministry of Jesus and had even provided food for Jesus and his disciples. You find that in Matthew chapter 27. Mary Magdalene, on the other hand, is likely to have been among the women who had followed Christ. Mary Magdalene, on the other hand, rather, is likely to have been the woman from whom Jesus had cast out seven demons. She's also associated with the woman whom Jesus had saved from being stoned, and later on the same woman had washed the feet of Jesus with her tears. So Jesus meant so much to Mary Magdalene. So after the crucifixion, the death and the burial of Jesus on the cross, these women's hopes were dashed. The hopes of many disciples were dashed. Their hearts were filled with fear, despair, hopelessness. It seemed like their destiny was buried with Christ in the grave. See, they had come to the grave to mourn the death of Christ. But even in their mourning, it seemed like their lives will never see the break of day again. This COVID-19 just came on our world and has dashed the hopes of so many people. It seems like right now we are in that time of death. It's a time of burial. These women were drowning in the despair of the moment, choking in hopelessness, choking in fear and anxiety. And this is what is happening to people right now. To these women, the death of Jesus on Friday was the end of it all. But they forgot that Sunday is coming. They forgot that Jesus had really said and clearly spoken that much as he would die, he would be raised again. See, we come into those times in our lives where we go through a very rough period where things seem to die and we bury our dreams, we bury our hopes. Think about the young person who was 
studying and hoping to finish their degree this year. Think about somebody who had started building a house. Maybe those of you who had started the process of wanting to be married. Think about all the plans that people might have had and maybe some of you are thinking, will I ever have a job after this? You were hoping to make enough money to be able to start something and all of a sudden from nowhere it looks like you have to bury that dream. And the same with these women. When they thought about what had happened, they felt like life has come to an end. What they forgot is that Jesus had said the following things. In John 2, let me read it for you. It says from verse 18 of John 2, So the Jews answered Jesus and said to him, What sign will you show us since you do these things? Jesus answered them and said, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews says, said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you will raise it in three days? But Jesus was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them, and they believed the scriptures and the word which Jesus had said. Jesus had told them clearly, I'm going to be buried. At the time, they didn't understand. You know, there are things that when we listen to them, when we are surrounded by situations that are of the best, we don't recall, we don't actually keep to memory that the things that we're hearing are so important for our future. In Matthew 12, 40, this is what Jesus said. He said, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So Jesus was saying clearly, he's going to be buried. In John 10, from verse 17, Jesus said, Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life, and that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. So Jesus is clearly telling us, and was clearly telling the disciples, he will rise again. See, before God, death can, could never keep Jesus in the grave. Before God, moments like Friday, where there is a death and a burial, are not permanent. Jesus was simply saying that his death would not be the end, but the beginning of a new life and the beginning of a new chapter. I want to say to you this morning, God wants you to remember today, being Sunday, that there will be a beginning of a new life, the beginning of a new chapter in your life. In spite of what we're going through, Sunday is coming. Sunday is on the way. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, when Paul talks about this episode of what happened to Jesus, this is how he says it. He says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. The NIV reads, and having disarmed powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. In other words, when Jesus died on the cross, we do know in reading scripture that Satan felt that he had won. Satan felt that the mission of God had been frustrated and that the Son of God would be in the grave and his mission would not continue. 
What Satan didn't know was that through the death of Christ, through the act of Jesus dying, being buried, and getting into that grave, through that act, that act was literally for his defeat. He didn't know that through doing what he did to Jesus, he was actually signing something for his defeat. The New Living Translation reads, in this way, Jesus disarmed the principalities and rulers and authority. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. See, the cross was not a place of defeat, but a place of victory. Just like what we're going through right now, it may look like it's a time of defeat. It may seem like things will never get right. But we know when we look at what Jesus went through that the grave could not hold Jesus back. Death could not stop him. Jesus is alive and he is not in the grave. Years later, when Jesus appeared to the apostle John, who was imprisoned on the island of Patmos, John had a vision of Jesus and records in Revelations 1, 17, 18, the following words that Jesus spoke. This is how it reads, verse 17. And when I saw him, this is John speaking, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. This is what God wants you to know. Don't be afraid. He's the first and the last. What does it mean? God knew about this COVID-19. God knew that at this time in your life, you'd be going through what you're going through. God knows about your family. God knows about your work situation. God knows about your fears, your worries, your anxieties. And God says, remember, I'm the first and I'm the last. In other words, even before you could go through this period, I was there. Even whilst you go through this period, I'll be there. Even after this period is gone, God says, I'll still be there. God is there before tragedy. He's there during the tragedy. He's there after the tragedy. God is there before the challenge, during the challenge, and after the challenge, Jesus says, I am the first, I am the last. Note verse 18. He says, I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and of death. Jesus is saying, resurrection life is what I possess. And because I possess resurrection life, you need to learn to live in resurrection life. Let's not be like those women and go back to the grave of despair, the grave where hope is gone. Why must we look for the living among the dead? We will never get our lives right for as long as we bury ourselves in the grave of despair, hopelessness, and fear. For as long as we allow anxiety to bury us and choke us, we will never experience the resurrection life of Jesus Christ. See, the Bible shows us that this resurrection life of Jesus, not only was he raised from the dead, but for all those who believe on Christ, all those who have received him in their lives as Savior and Lord, to them, they can also experience resurrection life. Resurrection life not only when we die and we will be raised from the dead in the future, but resurrection life in the here and the now. 
that even in this time of great despair and challenge, you can walk in resurrection life. Even in this time when it seems like there's so much hopelessness, you can depend on the life of God inside of you. See, you don't need to depend on you. You don't need to depend on your efforts. You can depend on the life of God on the inside of you. Romans chapter 8 reads in verse 11, it says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. See, when the spirit of God dwells in you, he will impart to you resurrection life. Not only when we die, not only in future when we'll be raised from that death, but even now you can experience resurrection life. This resurrection life is not only for there and then, but it speaks of living our current life in that resurrection life. Paul talks about it in Philippians chapter 3. He says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, being made conformable unto his death. In other words, Paul is saying, I want to experience not only his death, but I want to experience his resurrection life. And I want to know this resurrection life. It's this resurrection life that makes us arise from that grave of fear and anxiety. It means that the Jesus that we believe in, we're expecting him to show up in our current life because he's not dead, he's alive. Now here's the question. How do we activate this resurrection life? We need to activate this resurrection life so that we can live in the fullness of it. We need to make sure we activate this resurrection life so that we can move on in our lives in the fullness of this resurrection life. Here's what we need to do. Number one, believe it. Believe in that resurrection life that was imparted into your spirit when you received Christ as Savior and Lord of your life. Believe it. In other words, being born again won't cause the resurrection life to automatically operate in your life. You have to choose to believe what God says about you. You have to choose to believe that resurrection life is on the inside of you. You activated resurrection life when you allowed Jesus to come into your life to be the Savior and the Lord of your life. You activated that resurrection life. Think about what resurrection life accomplished. When you receive Christ, you experience deliverance. You experienced forgiveness from sin. You experience being made right with God, standing before God as one who has a right standing with God. That's a lot of power. That resurrection life changed your life, made you a new creature. That resurrection life made you to be a new person altogether. It is through that resurrection life that you could access the benefits that God gives, the benefits of healing, the benefits of peace, the benefits of joy, the benefits of the life of God operating in you. It is that resurrection life for some of you that it has changed the family that you live in, changed the direction of your life, that resurrection life pulled you out from sin. Some of us pulled us out from bondages we had. 
Could be you may have had bondages of drugs and alcohol, and that resurrection life pulled you out of that bondage. That resurrection life set right things that were wrong in your life. That resurrection life is able to preserve a young man, a young woman, a child, a mom, a dad, that resurrection life. Because of that resurrection life, every yoke was destroyed because of that resurrection life. Every part of our lives was touched and a blessing came. And so we need to believe in that resurrection life. Don't allow yourself to be bogged down by the things of this world. Don't allow yourself to allow for fear to tell you that your life is not going to go anywhere. Experience resurrection life. Don't go back to the grave. Celebrate the fact that Jesus has been raised from the dead. The second way to be able to activate resurrection life is to talk about it. You see, when you believe in the resurrection power that's residing in you, you need to begin to activate it through the words of your mouth. Speak about what God says concerning resurrection life. You and I, we need to learn to speak faith-filled words and release these words with our mouth. Instead of speaking words of doubt, words of despair, words of fear, instead of speaking words that bring us down, we need to speak words that are filled with faith. By faithful words, I'm talking about speaking words that the scriptures say about you. What did God say about you? What does the word of God say about you? Because you see, it is the spirit of Christ that raised you from the dead. The Bible says in Romans 8, it will quicken or it will give life to our mortal body. Note what it says. It didn't say that the spirit will give life to our glorified flesh when we are raised from the dead post our death. But it's saying it will raise our mortal flesh. Meaning, even before we experience death, Whilst we are still in these mortal bodies, the resurrection power of God that comes out of his word goes into our spirit and raises us up. So out of our mouth, we need to say God's word and speak God's word over our lives. See, every time you speak the name of Jesus over your life, every time you speak God's word over your life, every time you plead the blood of Jesus over your situation, Satan is reminded of the Jesus who rose from the dead. And Satan is reminded of the defeat that he suffered at the hands of Jesus. Speak the word of God. Speak victory over your life. Speak victory over your family. Speak victory over your situation right now. Don't hold back. Speak that word over your life and activate that resurrection life. Number three. Not only do we need to believe in that resurrection life, not only do we need to speak that resurrection life over our lives, but we need to act on it. Make no mistake, Satan's defeat was sealed by the resurrection of Jesus. When Jesus rose from the dead, Satan knew very well he's defeated. See, this was the fulfillment of a prophecy that had gone on thousands of years before when Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden and God spoke to Adam and spoke to Eve and when God spoke to the serpent, which was personifying the devil himself, he said to the serpent, the seed of the woman will come and he will 
crush your head when you will bruise his heel. God was already saying there is one who's coming who's going to crush the head of the serpent. The expression to crush the head of simply means to break the power of. It had been prophesied that the power that Satan has over humanity, there comes a time when it would be broken. So when Jesus was raised from the dead, Satan knew very well that his power has been broken. His power over humanity, his power to bring misery and destroy people had been broken. Even though we may get attacked by Satan, even though Friday may come and the grave may come, Resurrection will always be there because resurrection power is much more greater than the power of death. The power of God in our lives is much more greater than what the devil can ever do in our life. So the very same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the book of Ephesians tells us it has made us to sit together with Christ in heavenly places. So you and I, we are seated together with Christ in heavenly places. Spiritually speaking, that's a place of victory. That's a place of overcoming. That's a place where we, it means we have overcome the power of the evil one. The Bible says God raised us up together with Christ and he made us to sit together with Christ in heavenly places. Satan is defeated. So when he tries to put the curse back into your life. He's simply trespassing. Don't allow it. Say the word of God. Act on the word of God. You have authority over him to make him live. Act on that authority. Use the name of Jesus. Bind him through the power of the name of Jesus and push him back because he cannot be able to defeat you because Jesus has defeated him. How do we then Act on God's word and release this resurrection power. I want to give you a few things that you can apply in your life. Number one, apply the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus over every situation of your life. See, the name of Jesus needs to be applied over every situation. Some of you, you may have sick people in your home. Pray for them now in the name of Jesus. Bring them before God. Some of you, it could be, as I said, you are thinking about how your life is going to look like after the lockdown. Pray over your future. Pray over it in the name of Jesus. Apply the blood of Jesus over your life. Don't allow yourself to be despondent. Don't allow yourself to be told that you'll never rise again. Don't allow yourself to believe that the grave is your destiny. Don't look for the living among the dead. Jesus has been raised, and Jesus is your Savior, and Jesus is with you. He said, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. So apply the name of Jesus. When sickness tries to come your way, apply the name of Jesus. Apply the blood of Jesus. If lack comes and tries to reside in your life, apply the name of Jesus. Apply the blood of Jesus. Declare with your mouth that the curse is over in your life. Declare it with your mouth that the enemy has been defeated. Claim the triumph that Jesus won on the cross. Don't ever accept defeat in your life. 
See, Jesus paid a price that is too high for us to accept anything less than complete victory. Your victory has been sealed. Your victory has been purchased. Remember, we don't stand against Satan in our own power, in our own strength, but we stand against Satan in the name that's above every name, the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So apply that name and apply the blood of Christ over your life. Speak over every situation in your life by the power of God. The second thing we need to do, live as one who is healed through the resurrection power. Let's read that verse again, Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him who raised up Christ from the dead dwells in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the spirit of God that dwells in you. So when you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit, as I said, imparted that same power that raised up Jesus. But remember, the power that raised up Jesus, it raised him out of hell. That same power went into the very pit of hell itself to raise our Savior, to raise our Lord, to bring him back to life, to raise him up as victorious. When Jesus was raised up, the Bible says he defeated principalities and powers. He made an open show over them. There was a great demonstration of the power of God in action. When Satan thought that Jesus will never rise again, when Satan thought that the mission of Christ has been frustrated, God sent the power of the Holy Spirit, made his son to be alive again and raised him up by his own power. So it is that same power that dwells in you. So that same power, that same resurrection power, let it bring healing to your body. Let it bring soundness and wholeness to your body. Let that same resurrection power make things right in your life. Let that resurrection power bring you to a point where you can live as more than a conqueror. Appropriate the promises of God in your life, no matter how bad your situation might seem. No chance can stand it. Of course, nothing is going to be able to stand against you. So whatever is going on in your body, whatever is going on, in your family, put the resurrection power of God to work. Jesus died so that you can live. There's nothing that can match the yoke-destroying, burden-removing power of the resurrecting, resurrected king. Your part and my part is to resist everything that tries to come on us because Jesus has already borne it for us on the cross. Our job all that's required of us is to stand against the power that Satan tries to bring against us. Jesus has already borne the sickness. He has already borne the disease. So we can resist sickness. We can resist disease. We can resist the power of Satan. Even in times when we are tempted, we can stand against temptation. So we can walk in that resurrection power and we can speak about that resurrection power and act on that resurrection power. Expect the power of God, therefore, to be active in your physical body. Expect the same power that raised Jesus from the dead to operate in your life. Live as a healed person. Live as a healthy person. Live as one who has been redeemed by the power of God. Thirdly, live that what the Bible calls 
the Zoe kind of life. In Rome, Revelations 1.18, Jesus says, I am he who lives. In other words, I have Zoe and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore and I have the keys of hell and death. See, Jesus came to bring us new life. Not what life in the Greek is the word Z-O-E. It is the God kind of life that's charging through our every being. Activate the resurrection power of God by saying it with your mouth. Because Jesus was, resurre was resurrected. Because of Jesus' resurrection in my life, I'm going to get stronger and stronger. Because of the resurrection power of Jesus in my life, I'm going to get stronger and stronger. I'm going to get bolder and bolder. I'm going to move on as more than a conqueror. I'm going to live as one who is more than a conqueror. The Bible tells us in Psalms chapter 103, verse 5, that our youth will be renewed like that of the eagles. So resurrection life is available to all of us, but we must receive it by faith. We must embrace it daily, recognizing that the life of God is dwelling in us, making us alive and making us strong in our mortal body. This is not a dream. This is a reality. When you wake up every morning, make that declaration. The resurrection life of God is living in my body. Number four, live free with resurrection power. In other words, it is the resurrection power of God that makes us to be free people. See, God frees us from any form of bondage, any form of oppression, whether it's the bondage of drugs, the bondage of alcohol, is the bondage of not being able to live right. Whatever bondage comes our way, that resurrection life frees us. John chapter 8 verse 17 tells us, verse 36 tells us, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Walk in the freedom and the liberty that Christ brings. Not only freedom in terms of being bound to alcohol or, or, or drugs or something like that, but what about freedom from fear? Freedom from anxiety. What about freedom from hopelessness? What about freedom from worry? Jesus shed his blood to free us from that. But Jesus also shed his blood to free us from sin and the shame of sin. Jesus frees us from a life that is filled with sin, a life that cannot do right. Jesus shed his blood for our freedom from sin for our freedom from shame and condemnation. You and I, we don't need to walk in shame and condemnation. Jesus came to release us from that through his resurrection life. So Jesus rose from the dead as proof of him destroying the one who had power over death and over sin. Destroying him who had the power to hold us captive in sin. We are no longer captivated and held captive and sin, we can live as free people. And finally, resurrection life makes us to be resilient people. When Jesus went into the grave, hell, Satan, and all of Satan's cohorts did not believe that he will rise again. Jesus rose from the dead, came out from the grave, and it is because of that resurrection life that you and I, we can be resilient men and women. See, the greatest men and women of the Bible 
were not super people. When you read about them, they didn't have anything extra special that you didn't have. They also went through these times where the uncertainties of life came over them. Can you remember Noah and his family who were under lockdown in an ark? Can you remember when the plagues came over Egypt, over the children of Israel as well? There have been times when humanity has gone through big trials and big challenges. But you see, resilience is always something that raises us up. Most of the people who were resilient, they were not super people. They were simply people like you, people like me. People who are sometimes faced with challenges that when those challenges come our way, we don't know what to do. These resilient people were able to come up and rise up. See, to be a resilient person means that you are a person who has the ability to bounce back from difficult times. We bounce back from times of discouragements and hardship. People who are resilient people, they have this never-say-die attitude. They know that Jesus is risen and that no longer do they need to be in the grave. People who are resilient refuse to go back to the grave of defeat. They refuse to go back to the grave where they bury their dreams and bury their aspiration. They look for life in Jesus. They appropriate the reality of the resurrection life of God. They thank God for the promises that God has made in his word, regardless of their circumstances. These people are filled with an attitude that expects God to still do great and mighty things. They expect God to still take them through, through times of handicap and challenge. These men and women are expecting God to see them through in those times. These men and women, they refused to resign themselves to defeat. They refused to allow themselves to behave as people who don't know God. Resigning ourselves to defeat is not a normal response for these resilient believers because they know that God is greater than the problem. They know that God, God's mighty power is able to raise them out of the situation. And so God is asking you, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Why do you have to look at the grave and allow yourself to be buried? God is saying to you, why don't you appropriate your resurrection life? Christ gives us strength. Christ gives us wisdom. Christ gives us love. Christ gets the job done. God is asking you, and the angel is asking you, why are you looking for life in the grave? And your response is, I will refuse to go into the grave of despair and hopelessness. I will have Jesus in my life. I will embrace the newness of life that comes from Jesus Christ. And I will arise out of my situation because Jesus has been raised from the dead. You can join me in prayer right where you are right now. Maybe you haven't yet received Christ as Savior and Lord of your life. And when you look at your life, as I said, you could be looking at despair and all kinds of things. I want to pray with you right now. And you can also contact us on our website if you need any further prayer or any other needs you want us to pray for, you can contact us on www.gracebiblechurch.org.za. But right now where you are, you may want to join me in a time of prayer as you bring your life before God. Let us pray.
Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for this, your child right now, who's bringing their lives to you. Thank you that you are the one who's able to change lives and make their life different. Thank you that as they receive Christ as Savior and Lord and appropriate the resurrection life of Jesus Christ, that you transform them and make them new. Thank you for this new day and the resurrection life of God that comes into their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Maybe you have some other needs that you need prayed for right now. Individual needs. And you know, our needs vary. And we go through all kinds of things. I want to just take time to pray with you right now. Will you just join me in this prayer as we pray? Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bring this, your child, before you right now. As they present their needs before you. Thank you that you are the one who's able to change their lives. Transform their lives. Make their lives brand new again. I pray for Lord people who are concerned about their jobs, concerned about their families. Some of these, your people have got loved ones in distant places that they are concerned about. I pray for them right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. May your power go to work right now in Jesus' name. I pray for those who are sick in their bodies, that their bodies will be made well. Those who have all kinds of malady, pain, I pray for them now that you touch them by the power of God in the name of Jesus. Father, we bring them before you now in Jesus' name. Amen.